Thank you. Awesome. So good. I just, uh, just quickly, um, while we're praying, Tiger, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit say the reason why you're doing your internship this year is because God's actually getting ready to expand you. Okay? So you're doing it in the year of expansion. And like a pregnant woman who expands and grows, it's because there's new life in you. So what you are doing is going to create new life in you. And Sarah, I heard, I, I heard the Holy Spirit say double. This is your second year and you're doing it in the year 2020. So there is going to be a double portion for you. So it's going to be double for everything that you've experienced before. And, and finally, Bryce, where are you, Bryce? My bro, there he is. Uh, Bryce, I just felt like uh, sometimes people might think this guy's intense when they meet you. And uh, I, just, uh, I, uh, I just had this image of the Apostle Paul, who was extremely zealous uh, for things of God, had an encounter with God, and he used that same zeal, that same intensity to actually go into areas that no one else would go. And, and, and he actually was able to connect with groups that no one else could connect with, the Greeks, the Romans, as well as the Jews. And I just feel like God's saying, that intensity is intentional. That, that, don't apologize for that, mate. It's because God created you that way. And it's because you're going to go in and you're going to encounter and you're going to touch groups that normal kind of Christians kind of shun away from. And it's because he's put that in you. So, Father, I just thank you for each one of them, Lord God. I thank you that your plans and purposes for them will be fulfilled. And I just pray that you would seal this word in them in Jesus' name. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, thank you, worship team. And uh, Isaiah, wasn't that... So that was actually an original song that Isaiah wrote. Um, so that was phenomenal. That is phenomenal. If that was me, I would be putting that on Spotify, everything else I can get. I'd be making money off of that track. It's, uh, sorry, that's just me. Not very spiritual, but uh, so good. Hey, if we haven't met, uh, my name's Noah, and uh, my wife Michelle and I have the privilege of serving as campus pastors here under Pastor Trish and, uh, and Pastor Ben, who's uh, over at Logan ministering at the moment. But uh, I'm really excited about the word that uh, God gave me for tonight. And it kind of jumps off of uh, what Pastor Bren shared last week. And uh, if you attend the morning services, he shared it also. And it was really about the vision for our church for this year, 2020. And that, that vision, as you've seen a little bit of it on the screen, it's, it's the, uh, the vision is expansion. And it's from Isaiah 54, where God is speaking to a disappointed group of people who have kind of been desolate and barren. And he says to them, sing, O barren. And then the, the actions that occur, he says, expand to the left and to the right. So I just felt like, uh, you know, this is a word in season that I want to kind of piggyback off. And um, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 7. 2 Kings, chapter 7. Uh, it'll come up on the screen. And um, this is a story about the prophet Elisha. Um, and Elisha was the protege of the prophet Elijah. And uh, Elisha, he, he was bad all by himself. Uh, talking about double, he had a double uh, portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. So Elisha is, um, he is living in a time 
uh, where the nation of Israel and in the city of Samaria where he is, they have fallen on extremely difficult times. So what's happened is that one of their enemies has come and has set up a siege around the city. And that is basically, they basically surround you. Anyone that tries to leave, they kill you. Um, and they just, it, it, they're in it for the long game. They are just waiting you out. And so what is happening is that they slowly uh, diminish their supplies, their food supplies, and they are literally dying to the point where uh, people are engaging in all sorts of depraved things. So they start eating things that are inedible. And so if you read the chapter prior, uh, people, are, because they have literally run out of food source, uh, they are eating things like donkey heads, they're, they're selling at extravagant prices, even dove's dung. Uh, you know, because they are just desperate. And it, it hits rock bottom when the king encounters two women uh, who have literally engaged in cannibalism. Uh, so they, they, they've actually cooked and eaten one of their kids. And so this is the kind of depravity that happens. And this is the context. The current king, he is the son of a king named Ahab and his wife named Jezebel. And so they have fallen away from God, and whenever there is a lack of spiritual uh, leadership, a, a lack of righteousness, how many of you know that people fall into all sorts of depravity? And so that's what's happening here. But what, what, what happens here is the king assesses the situation, and he blames God for it. He says, this is God's doing, so I'm going to take out God's man. And so he literally sends an assassin out to take Elisha's head off. And the king is trailing behind. So we're going to pick up on this encounter because uh, the king is blaming God for it through Elisha. And Elisha gives him a word. And we're going to take that up in verse 1. It says this, Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a measure of finely milled flour will sell for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So that's next to nothing. So he's saying, the things that we don't even have now that are so rare that we've run out of them, they're going to be so plentiful that they're going to go, they're going to be cheap as chips. And he says, then the royal, the royal official on whose arm the king leaned answered the man of God and said, if the Lord should make windows in heaven for the rain, could this thing take place? Elisha said, behold, you will see it with your own eyes, but because of your doubt, you will not eat of it. Now, Proverbs says, lean not on your own understanding, but trust God with all your heart, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. So this is the guy that the king is leaning on, and he is the one that offers a rebuttal as soon as the prophetic word is given. When you hear a prophetic word, you have two choices. You can either accept it or reject it. This guy rejects it, and listen to what happens. Uh, and, and so Elisha says to him, you'll see it, but you actually won't partake in it. Uh, verse 4, now four men who were lepers were all at the entrance of the city's gate, and they said to one another, why should we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. And if we sit still here, we will also die. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans or the Syrians. If they let us live, we will live. And if they kill us, we will only die. So they got up at twilight to go to the Aramean camps. But when they came to the edge of the camp, 
there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses, the sound of a great army. They had said to one another, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come and fight against us. So the Arameans set out and, fought and fled during the twilight and left their tents, horses and donkeys, even left the camp just as it was and fled for their lives. When these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried away from there silver, gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they went back and entered another tent and carried some valuable things from there also and went and hid them. Then they also said to one another, we are not doing the right thing. This is a day of good news, yet we are keeping silent. If we wait until the morning light, some punishment will come upon us. So now come, let us go and tell the king's household. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to preach to them the title of this message. Have a look at them first and I want you to say, make a move. Come on, with a little bit more attitude, tell them, make a move. All right, I want you to turn to the other person and I want you to say the same thing. You too, make a move. All right, now I want you to declare it over yourself. Make a move. Awesome, gosh, you guys, come on. Give me some some unison, okay? On three, one, two, three. Awesome, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. And I just thank you, Lord God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers. And as we become doers, Lord God, that we would step out in faith and that we would make a move in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whenever a prophetic word is released, as I said, you have two options. You can either accept it or reject it. But the thing is that within that window of that prophetic word, there must be a corresponding action. So what happens here is a prophetic word is released. Okay, Elisha says, this time, tomorrow, you know, there will be an abundance of things that we've run out of. And so at the same time, and if you're watching this like a movie, when that scene fades and it goes to the next scene, the very next scene, there are four lepers that are sitting outside the gate and they are literally dying. Now, the city is in such bad shape that the lepers, the people, they're just kind of discarded. They're just sort of left out to die, whether their enemies take them or not, whether the disease kills them or not. But they are just kind of discarded. But it is at this very moment that one of them says, why are we just sitting here? Let's get up and let's move forward. Because he says, if we go backwards, we're going to die anyway. If we stay here, we're going to die. So there is a 50-50 chance if we move forward we may die anyway, but they may actually just take us as prisoners. And anything is better than where we are right now. I believe that there are moments in our lives when when you hear a prophetic word released, you have an opportunity to act on that word. And as you act on that word, the faith that you act with, that it is God who is able to do something in that moment. The saying goes that, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. And I believe that this word that Pastor Ben has released over us corporately also has 
applicable uh, indications for us individually. That this is not just a corporate word that we have, and yes, we are expanding to the left, to the right, with Logan Village and St. George, but I believe that there are applications that we can receive individually. That this is a moment that we have to recognize that we are in a moment that when this prophetic word is released, that the onus is on us to actually do something about it. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the ABCs of making a move. And uh, I'm not saying ABCs like this is simple or to minimize or, or anything, because how many of you know that sometimes it's really hard to make a move? The opposite of expansion is stagnation. And it is so easy to sit and get stale and stuck and stagnant because we get comfortable in that place. But expansion requires movement. It requires us to come to a realization that we have got to move out from where we are into where God is having us move to. And we don't get all the details, but I believe that when a prophetic word is released, and just as that generation, that was their moment. So overnight, they literally went from uh, futility to fertility. So it just happened like that, from barrenness to bountiful. And if you look at it, a generation earlier in 1 Kings, Elisha's, uh, his mentor, uh, the prophet Elijah, he is in a time of drought for three and a half years. And when they have this showdown with the prophets of Baal, he says this pro prophetic declaration. He says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He declares that in the middle of a drought. And he tells the king, get up, go and eat and drink because there is this sound coming. And he says, get in your chariot now and go before the rain stops you. Now that is a ridiculous statement because one, they are running out of food. There is literally no water. And he's talking about rain stopping him. But how many of you know that when a prophetic word is ushered, is spoken out, that you have to act on it? So the king actually does it. He does it. Despite all of his issues, he gets in his chariot and he moves and the downpour comes, and they literally have gone from a drought to a downpour. And I believe just as that moment happened, just as this moment with Elijah that we've just heard, that we are literally in a moment now where there has been a prophetic word that has been released, and it is on us to actually act on it, to make a move, make a move, make a move. And so I just want to look at that for a minute and... Um, and give you the ABCs, and it's just so we can all remember it. And here's the first one. Here's the A, and it says in verse 4, if we say, this is the leper talking, if we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. And if we, if we sit still here, we will also die. So verse 4, the A is for act now. Act now. When a prophetic word is released, you cannot sit idly. You have got to act now. You must act with urgency before the emergency. Don't wait for things to fall apart. Now is the time to actually act. That the reason why the prophetic word is released is so that you can actually get up and do something. And when I'm talking about making moves, for some of you, your move is going to be, I'm going to make a decision to go all out and follow Jesus tonight. That's your move. For some of you, it's going to be, I'm going to make a move and I'm going to join a connect group. 
because I've been isolated and stuff, I'm going to make that move. For some of you, it might be, I'm looking to lead a connect group. For some of you, it might be, I'm looking to bring that friend, that work colleague, or that friend from school to church. But whatever it is, you are going to have to make a move, and you are going to have to act immediately. The thing about these guys is they act, but they are lepers. So, so leprosy is a disease that restricts movement because you're literally losing body parts and things aren't working as they, as they should. And despite this, these guys get up and they start, they start walking like some, some, some corpses from the Michael Jackson Thriller video. They, they, they start moving and it's really slow. I lost all the millennials, sorry about that. Uh, Google it, Google it, Michael Jackson Thriller. Um, so they start moving forward and they don't have the details. There is no guarantee that they're going to be alive. They are moving at great risk, personal risk to themselves, but they know they've got to act now. They've got to act now. And some of us, we think, man, wait till I get qualified wait till I get things in order, wait for the stars to align, wait for the right cloud formation to appear, wait till all of these things happen and then I'll move. No, 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 no. Move now. Act now. With, without all the details, but act now because you've come into a time where there has been a prophetic word released and it is expansion, but expansion does not just happen on its own. Expansion requires movement. Act now. Um, a few years ago, my family and I, we lived in Hobart, Tasmania. Shout out to all the Tasmanians, Pastor Matt. We love Tassie. Um, and uh, and it, it was awesome. And one time I was, uh, I was on my lunch break, and so I hadn't kind of done my devotional for the day. So I drove down uh, near the, uh, the, the Derwent River, literally near the bridge, and, and I parked in a spot, and I was having some lunch, and I was, I was doing a bit of reading, and right where I was, there was two jetties, one on that side and one on that side, and there were people there, and I wasn't really paying much attention, I was reading, and while I was reading my book, I could, all of a sudden, I could hear this kind of, it was like giggling, and it was like laughter, and there was like movement and stuff, and I look up, and on this side of the jetty, there are two people that have been fishing. And all I could see was as they, no sooner had they put their rods in, that they are literally pulling out fish. They don't even have time to uh, put fish in a bucket. They're just pulling up fish and putting it on the, uh, on the jetty and just casting again. I don't even think they're putting any bait on. And they're, doing, and they're giggling and laughing and stuff. And they call over to their friend who's on, um, on their own over here. And their friend rushes over. And so all of them just start casting their rods. And these fish are just, no sooner do they get them out and they cast again, that fish attached. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a fisherman. But the thing that spun me out about this were the three people that were fishing were middle-aged Japanese women. <laughs> One of them even had a Hello Kitty uh, pink puffer jacket on. Now, I point that out because if you were talking about effective fishermen, I'm looking for someone like Nathan Rogers or Garnet Sweeney. I'm looking for someone... But these women, look, they, they look more comfortable at a cafe sipping lattes. But here they are, these three women, and they are absolutely killing it. They're just casting. And I felt the Holy Spirit give me a message in that. I'm not looking for ability. 
I'm just looking for availability. If you make yourself available, I'm going to make you able. And so many times we kind of look at ourselves and we think, I really don't have what it takes. My goodness, these are lepers that move. These are guys that are literally dying and God gives them a breakthrough. So there is absolutely no excuse for any of us to act now. Act now. Just get up and just start moving towards expansion, whatever that expansion looks like for you. So the first one is to act now. The second one comes from verse 5. It says this, So they got up at twilight to go to the Aramean camp. So they got up at twilight. That is a specific time of day. It's starting to get dark, so I can understand. Under the cover of darkness, they head out just in case, you know, these guys see them. Looks like they're kind of going over to the enemy, and maybe, maybe the enemies don't get a good look at them. So they wait till the cover of darkness, and then they start to move. They start to move. But they are heading towards their enemies' camp. Their enemies. These are not friendlies. These are enemies. They could be shot on sight. And my second point comes from, really comes from the fact that not only did they act now, but these guys actually started in motion. And, uh, and it reminds me of a story about a, uh, a, a uh, he was, was kind of like an explorer in the 1500, uh, 1500s, um, and his name was Cortez. He came from Spain, and he convinced all of these guys to get into ships because they were sailing down into somewhere in South America, and there was this unbelievable treasure that was there. And so all these guys get in, the promise of, you know, fortune, not just for them, but for their families, descendants. So they get in, but halfway through the trip, and it took weeks and months, some of these guys start getting cold feet. And some of these guys start, and so there's kind of murmurings of, you know, these guys kind of jumping ship, so to speak, in terms of a mutiny and all of this stuff. And so as they land, uh, Cortez gets all the men off the ships and then he orders his archers to set fire to these arrows and burn all of the ships. He burns all of the boats. And then he tells these guys, there is no going back. We're going to take this place. We're going to take the treasure. And then we're going to use their boats to go home. So the B, after A is to act now, the B is burn the boats. Burn the boats. When you start moving towards your expansion, when you start moving in faith, there is no plan B. There is no plan B. Burn your boats. These guys get up and they are heading towards the enemy's camp. There is absolutely no going back. If they go back, these guys might see them and kill them. If they keep moving forward, there is a risk that they will die. But nonetheless, they just start moving. And I believe that as we start moving, this is the, the kind of commitment that is required for us to fulfill everything that God has for us in this season of expansion, that we take out all of the things that we have as kind of backup and we, full, we trust fully in God, that there is no plan B. Burn your boats. Burn your boats. I can look at every single one of you and I can tell you what your calling is. Absolutely. I can tell you specifically what your calling is. You want to know what it is? Your calling is to go all in. Your calling is to go all in. Andy up, all the chips on the table, nothing left. That's my calling. I am going all in. When it comes to God, when it comes to following God, and I believe in this season of expansion, this is the kind of commitment that God is requiring of us. No more playing it safe. 
No more hedging our bets. We are going all in. We are burning the boats. We are not going back until we've won victory, amen, until we have fulfilled everything. And the final one is this, and worship team, why don't you head on back? Verse 9 says, Then they said one to another, We are not doing the right thing. This is a day of good news, yet we are keeping silent. If we wait until the morning light, some punishment will come on us. So now come, let us go and tell the king's household. ABCs of making moves. A is act now. B is burn the boat. C is carry the good news. Carry the good news. As you move, as you act now, as you burn the boats, carry the good news. Carry the good news. This is like a prophetic picture right here of what we are all called to do. That the gospel is something that we are to carry back to the people that are dying. You know, it's amazing because even during worship, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me the urgency in this matter and the reason why these guys went back to the king's household Someone will get that in a minute. They went back to the king's household. The king's household was because there were people that were dying. There were people that were engaged in all sorts of depravity and they needed to hear the good news. They needed to hear the good news that we are all carriers of the good news and that we have been called to go into a place that is hostile, a place that may not necessarily believe us, but once they share in the good news, it is going to transform their lives, it is going to save them, it is going to feed them, it is going to sustain them, it is going to do all of those things and so much more. Carry the good news. Two chapters earlier from this story, there is this, uh, there is account of Elisha healing a gentleman by the name of Naaman. Naaman is a Syrian, one of their enemies, and he has leprosy. And so Elisha gives him instructions to go down, wash in the Jordan. He dips seven times. He comes out. He is totally healed. And, uh, and so he tries to give Elisha all of these gifts to show his appreciation. And uh, Elisha's not buying it. He says, no, 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 I don't, I don't want any of it. So anyway, he leaves. Elisha has this servant named Gehazi. Gehazi witnesses this and he says, man, I'm going to get some for me. He says, my master may not have gotten anything. So he waits until they're a little bit further out and then he runs after them and he lies and he says, hey, hey, hold up. My master has just received some guests that have come from afar away. He's just asking for some, you know, a little bit of coin, a little bit of change. Naaman, you know, gets off and, 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 and he couldn't give him stuff quick enough. So he loads him up, gives him all this cash, garments, all of this stuff. And Gehazi takes it and he goes and he hides it. He walks back into the house and Elisha, I mean, he's a prophet for goodness sake. Prophets are also called seers. They're scary guys because they see everything. And so he says to Gehazi, uh, where have you just been right now? And Gehazi says, uh, nowhere. And he says, wasn't my heart with you when you went and the man stepped off of his chariot? He says, is this the time to receive payment, to receive gifts and all of that? And then he literally curses him. He says, the leprosy that was on Naaman will be on you and on your descendants. And the Bible says, as he walks out, his skin is white with leprosy. The reason why I tell you this is because these four lepers, it is believed, 
are Gehazi and his three sons. That the reason why he was the one that got up and acted as soon as a prophetic word was given is because there was already a connection there. This is not coincidence, you know, because you would look at this and just miss that and think, why did the four lepers get up right after Elisha gives this prophetic word? I'll tell you, because they already had a connection. They already had an existing connection. And watch what happens when they go into the tents and find this stuff. What do they do? They go and hide it. This is exactly what he did before. They go into another tent and they go and hide it. And then the realization comes, this is not the right thing to do. I remember the last time I did this and what happened. So he turns around and he carries the good news all the way back. And then in that moment, this city that was starving go from famine to feasting. And it all happened just as the Word of God said. And I want to invite every single person here to ask yourself this question. What is my next move? What is my next move? What is the move that I need to make? The prophetic word has already been released. It's already been released. I'm writing down things as, as God gives it to me because I want to capitalize on this moment. I don't want to miss it. And some of it is, it's going to take a lot of stretching. It's going to take a lot of faith. But I just believe that just as in what the Bible tells us, that whenever you come into a time where there is a prophetic word released, you have got to act now. You have got to burn your boats. And I am damn sure that I'm going to carry the good news wherever I go. I'm going to carry the thing that God has given me wherever I go. And so that's just what I want to extend to you tonight. What is it? And for you that have already decided and you are already making moves, I want to encourage you. Don't, don't go empty-handed. Carry the good news. Just as this guy did, Gehazi and his guys, carry the good news because there are people that are dying. There are people that are literally starving because of the, the thing that they are lacking is the knowledge and the experience of God himself. And we have that and we have to give it to them. So in this moment, um, as, we, as we come to a close, I just want to ask you, ask yourself, what is your next move? What is your next move in this? And, and, and this is a word that God has given Pastor Ben and Pastor Trish for our church for this year, year 2020. But you don't need to wait until December to make moves. You can do it right now. You can do it right now. This word of expansion. And, and I just believe that as you do, as you do start to move and as you do start to do all of these things, that God is going to expand you. This, these guys, God used these guys that were dying, that were outcasts to save an entire city. So don't ever doubt yourself. Don't think that I'm ill, you know, I don't know enough scripture. I don't, I'm ill-equipped because God will use lepers. God will use lepers. And, um, and so I just want to invite us for a moment. I want every head bowed and eye closed. And, uh, and just as we come to an end, the very first move that you need to make, if you haven't already, is the move to accept Jesus in your, into your life. So for some of us, maybe you've been attending church for a while, but you've never ever actually made that move. I want to invite you right now, uh, whoever that is, just to get up out of your seat. We're not playing, 
you know, no one's going to shame you or anything. But you know that you need to act right now. You need to act right now. And you need to burn the boats of past excuses. Why? Because there's some good news that you need to carry. And so as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus and to go all in, I'm just going to invite you to stand to your feet and just come and stand with me at the front here. So wherever you are, I'll wait. Just step out of your seat. Come and stand with me. This is going to be your first move. This is going to be your first move. Awesome. Awesome.